0: much for your prayers and your support. Uh getting down to California it was such a miracle. Needed God to come through and he did and you guys blessed me with prayers and helped me get little jo- odd jobs to get down there and every little bit helped and I appreciate it super much. Um I being down there, um God was like, "All right, Joseph, I'm going to teach you about fatherhood." I'm going to teach you what, um, I'm going to show you myself as father. This is God speaking to me. And so I'm like, okay. And, you know, I, okay. And I didn't know much what I was going to expect, but I knew it was going to be super awesome. So um, the first thing that happens is I, it's the second month I'm there and I'm already out of food. And the money for the month is gone. And um, it's only been seven days in the week and i was like what happened to the money and uh i i i go back and look at my receipts i'm like ooh eating out kills me and um that movie oh man and those shoes <laughs> <laughs> oh man and that other movie <laughs> quickly realized i needed to get a good budget going Um, so I was like, God, I need help. Um, I'm running out of food. Uh, I need to help. And so, um, I said, I just completely led the burden on him and let him take care of it. And that was surprisingly, wasn't that hard to do. It was kind of interesting because he, I just knew he was going to provide. I knew he didn't just have me out there to be stranded. So I knew he was going to come through. So, um, I just gave it to him and I was, I felt better and i was just going through my day and then um we had we meet once a week with our group we have a group that meets once a week and um god said i'm going to provide for you today and right after he said that the room got really quiet and then my pastor said who doesn't have much food left and i was like oh god you're awesome and uh i kind of i raised my hand and a couple other people they had us get in the middle and um People came up to me and started blessing me. I was so overwhelmed with the blessing, I started crying, and I ended up getting over three hundred dollars, and so I had food that lasted two months. So yeah, that was super awesome. And then my roommate, he has no money, he's at all no job, Um, he's not even have school taken care of, and um, I feel like I was supposed to get bless him with twenty dollars. Um, to go food. So we went to Winco. It's like a Walmart, but so way better. Um, we went there and I got him food. And yeah, way better. Uh, and I came back home and I count my money. I lost no money, giving him, buying him food. I lo- I checked. I count my money every day, and I lost no money blessing him. So I'm like, yeah. There's no pun you know there was and I just realizing over and over that god's love isn't performance based it's just that I'm his kid and we're his kid, and he wants to bless his kid and um that's that's been huge it's been changing, uh, and also fridge. we had a freezer that was not working, and um I came home from school super fired up, I think Bill Johnson said something really awesome, and I came back really excited. And my my roommate and I were talking about it and um, just about stuff. I don't remember what we were talking about. But I remember we said, the freezer's not working. What if we prayed for it and it got healed? <laughs> you know, we are in Redding, California, you know, where this stuff kind of happens, you know. So we go to the freezer and we just prayed in tongues. And then two days later, um, I'm being yelled at by multiple roommates we're saying, yelling my name. And I honestly I thought I let the stove on because I just finished cooking. And I thought something caught on fire. I was super scared. I was like, oh my gosh. So I honestly I grabbed my wallet just in case I was gonna walk out the door for a little bit. And um and so I and I go in the kitchen and the kitchen's real bright for some reason. I'm like, oh my goodness. So I go in there and they're like, the freezer works, we have ice in the freezer. Like, whew. I, I I sat down and I was like at first I was just kind of like, oh man, the house is not on fire. I'm so grateful for that. <laughs> and they were like, I told them what I thought and they started laughing. They thought that was super funny. But just realizing that it's just not our needs that are being taken care of, but it's just our wants. And God just knows that, um, what, you know, what we need or want. And He just loves us and He, he wants to bless us. And so, um, that's just been my journey so far. It's just like, God is loving on me and showing me how, how I am so important to Him and that, um, that I don't need to be, uh, doing anything extra or whatever to get His love. I don't need to be, oh, I need to be having a quiet time because if I don't, He's not going to provide for me today. No, that's not true. I mean, He knows you know, yes, we need to spend time with him. Yes, but at the same time, we don't need to to cram it down to a religious standpoint where we're just like, if I don't spend time today, God's just gonna hate me today. That is just not true. And I've learned that, and I just think it's super awesome. And I'm so glad to be back home. My mom's cooking is so amazing. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you don't realize until you leave how amazing your mom's cooking. <laughs> I mean, goodness. Woo. So, yeah, awesome. And so, was that 15 minutes? Awesome. So, yeah, that's what's been going on, and I'm super excited. Thank you again. Um, I'm here at the church. If so you want to talk to me, say hi. Don't be shy.
1: Good job. I just want to share something. I'm not going to take too long. Just give me about 45 minutes. Just just kidding. Um, yeah, I noticed. Just chuckles. Nervous laughter. I hope he's kidding. See, this Tuesday, I just want to remind you guys of this Tuesday. I believe it's Tuesday. We have the uh, night of worship. Tuesday at 10 o'clock p.m. We're going to have a time of refreshments and, and fellowship. And then we're going to have an awesome time just uh, stay, being in his presence and worshiping and praising and everything. We're going to um, end the year in his presence and then begin the year in his presence. And I just want to encourage everyone to come out. There will be no child care provided, but your children are welcome to come. If they start getting sleepy or whatever, just bring blankets or whatever and just let them crash. What better, where is there a better place to sleep than in God's presence, right? So bring your children, bring your families and come on out. Um, and let's have a good time together. In case I forget, I just want to give you this date, um, this this block of time, January 10 through 31st. 10 through the 31st. I'll be talking about this more next week, but we're going to have a time of, of prayer and fasting corporately. 21 days of, of prayer and fasting. And I'll explain more about that next week. But I wanted to tell you that ahead of time so that you can plan accordingly. You may not want to plan any big parties, eating parties and engagements during that time. Um, just so you know that, so you can plan accordingly. And we're going to end the time on the 31st, Friday the 31st of January, another night of praise and worship. And again, I'll explain all the details or explain more about that next week. You know, we had a, a great year, and I remember Mike um, Mike Harper was telling me at the beginning of, actually it was the end of 2012, and he was sharing with me what he believed the Lord was putting on his heart about 2013, and he said it was going to be a year, of pers- a year of perseverance. And, you know, that's kind of one of those things that you don't want to necessarily hear, <laughs> you know. You know, was like, okay, whatever. that's for you, brother, but that's not for me. Uh, I don't receive that. But anyway, but inside I knew it was, I, it just resonated. I knew it was right. And if you look back on 2013, it definitely was a year of perseverance. You know, as a church individual, we had some crazy things. We've had to go through some more than others, been a lot of challenges, um, but I've been encouraged to see <clears throat> how we've come through, you know, because a lot of people go through trials and challenges and they don't make it through. They or they they make it through, but they're bitter, they're discouraged, they're distraught, they give up, they toss God to the side, so to speak. But I don't feel like any of us have done that. I remember talking to one young man who I knew had him, uh, he and his family been going through a really, really, really rough time. And prior to that, he was, they were going through a really powerful time. And then all of a sudden it seemed like the season changed and they were going through a really rough time. And I was really concerned for him and I was praying for him and everything. And then I had, uh, when I was talking with him and he shared, he said something that just really blessed my heart. You know, because I've come to the place when I've gone through difficult, difficulties and challenges and everything. And even through this year, when you get frustrated and everything, you know, I've, I've come to the place where I'll say, Jesus, if, if this is going to be the, if this is the way it's going to be for the rest of my life here on this planet, I'm still going to come after you with every fiber in my being. I'm still going to pursue you. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to worship you. I'm still going to praise you. And we have to make that choice because what can happen is we can begin to exalt our circumstances and what I mean by that, exalting our circumstances, we allow them to make us discouraged to the point to where we turn our, our backs on God. And we have to say, you know what, no circumstances, no situation is going to cause me to deny Jesus. And, and we would say, well, I would never deny Jesus. And we may not verbally, we may not verbally come but emotionally we can. You know how you're pursuing him and all of a sudden you get discouraged and then you stop? And then you kind of let the, the, the tide of circumstances begin to wash you and push you back. And then you start backsliding. And then time passes and you look and you say, man, how did I end up in this place? I think that's the way we can deny him. We can allow the circumstances to dictate our direction. And I've had to make that choice in that declaration many times when my soul is being squeezed and frustration is trying to set in and the discouragement is trying to set in. And I'll be yelling and screaming and and you can do this in the car, make sure there's nobody around you. You might scare them. But I'll do this in the car and I'll just say, Jesus, you're my everything, I'm coming after you, and this circumstance is not gonna stop me. And I remember this young man, this this brother, um I was talking to him, and in, in different words he made that same declaration. And I was so fired up because it's like he made it. It's like he made it to a Um, a certain place to where I've seen a lot of Christians not make it. You know, as Pastor Dale was talking about, you know, some people being semi-saved, you know, they're good with Jesus as long as everything is good. But as soon as things get really bad and really tough, then it's like, Jesus who? And I've seen a lot of people do that. I've had best friends do that. They were fireballs for Jesus one moment, and then months later, they... Didn't even know who he was, so to speak, because they allowed the circumstances and the discouragements, the unanswered prayers, the all that stuff to cause them to to turn away. And so I'm very grateful that we've made it thus far. And some of us have been going through some very challenging situations and circumstances, and we've declared that Jesus is our number one still. And so what a way to finish the year. And I believe next year, you know, and I did want to say this before I forget. Uh, how many of you guys remember that I I said back, it was at the end of the summer, sometime I believe it was in August, that I said, I believe the Lord's telling me that by the end of the year, the church is going to double in size. Anybody remember that? But we still have a few more days. But I realized I missed it. And, uh, and it was interesting. You remember when John Jacobs was here, and he shared, I don't know if you remember this, but he stated, he said, I can see this church doubling in size within the next year. In other words, I was thinking, hmm, I felt like the Lord was saying by the end of the year, and then he said within a year. And there's a difference in time. You know, so mine, I missed it. I You know, I misunderstood what God was saying. But what I do believe, you know, because, but we did have growth. We have people, there are people here we were not here in 2000, before 2013. Praise God for that. But I believe that we are about to position ourselves for some crazy growth in 2014. I believe things are coming into place. Um, you know, when we had that, um, that awesome outreach with John Jacobs back in August, and we had 46 people make decisions for Christ. Now, some of them were already Christians, and they, they recommitted their lives, but some of them gave their lives to Jesus for the first time. Now, many of those, most of them had other church homes. And um, so I wasn't expecting them to stay in our church because we, you know, we're not about that. And so what I did is I sent letters to their pastors and said, hey, just want to give you a heads up. And I said, so-and-so and so-and-so and -and and -and so-and-so made a decision for Christ. You might want to follow up with that or check into that. But we did have a number. There was a percentage, maybe, um, maybe a quarter of them, maybe 10, 12 people who didn't have a church home. And uh, some of them are still here, and uh, a number of them aren't. And we don't know where they are. But what I learned from that situation is that we were not yet ready for the kind of growth that we believe God wants to bring in this place. I believe what we have to do, remember we talked about mending the nets and the nets being strong. Because when when Jesus caused that miraculous catch of fish, the nets didn't break. In other words, they didn't lose any of the fish. Now, when we had that outreach and we had a number of people come in, We weren't able to, quote, unquote, keep all the fish. And instead of getting discouraged, I learned and realized, you know what, God? I believe there's obviously there's some things that you're wanting to do here. You're wanting to help us so that we can keep the people and take care of and minister to effectively the people that you want to bring to this place. I believe that people are going to be attracted to New Covenant for two. There's going to be a lot of reasons, but two of the reasons are going to be his presence and the community that's here. I believe as people come in and they experience His presence and they experience your love, that's going to be a magnet that's going to cause people to stay. Because people, I believe, for the most part, are hungry for God's presence. They may not realize it yet. And they're hungry for love. They're hungry for acceptance. And so I really believe that we're going to see some crazy growth in 2014. But He wants us to get ready for that. And you know, there's one thing I'm not going to... well I will continue this next week. But there's for us to be the something the Lord showed me, I ended up um, two days ago, I ended up stuck on the side of Perkins Road in a broke down white minivan. And I called the uh the we have roadside service, praise God for that, and so I called them and and they were gonna send a, a tow truck out there, and I said, How long will that be? Seventy minutes. I said, You did say seventeen, right? When they said no, seventy minutes, and I thought, man, and and I figured, well, they always give you a exaggerated time, and usually they come within that time. So I called the, the Cowboy Toad directly. Say, hey, can you give me an estimated time on when you guys are going to be here? She said, yes, seventy minutes. Like that's not what I wanted to hear, and and so here I am stuck on the side of the road, and I'm thinking, seventy minutes, and so at first I was pretty frustrated, but then I remembered something. I have my phone. In my phone is all my worship music. And so I had an awesome Jesus time for 65. They actually came early. They came 65 minutes later. But during that time, I was just spending time with the Lord, worshiping and everything, had it cranked as loud as I wanted to, and, and just had a good time in God's presence. You know, he reminded me, whatever circumstances are thrown at us, we can choose what we're going to do with those circumstances. You know, like you've heard, I'm sure you've heard the saying when, when you're, um, When you're given lemons, make lemonade. You know, in other words, when sour circumstances come your way, your attitude will determine the direction that you go. And I chose instead of being frustrated, because at first I was about to get frustrated because I was thinking about that football game that was on my TV that I was not able to watch. And you know, because I was at home doing that first before I ended up getting stuck on the road. So at first I was about to get frustrated, but then the Holy Spirit reminded me, hey, let's have some time together. So I ended up spending time with him, had a great time. He began to speak to me and share some things. And he says, you know, there's something you need to deal with. And this is what I'm going to be talking about more detail next week. Um, But I realized this about two weeks ago when I was having a spending time with the Lord. And then I was reminded um, when I was sitting in the van and, um, I realized that, you know, I started, anybody ever heard of ADD, A-D-D, Attention Deficit Disorder? Well, I realized that I've been having P-A-D-D, Prayer Attention Deficit Disorder. And you know, and it was funny because when I was spending time with the Lord and it happened again, when I was worshiping, I realized how easily distracted I was. And, and of course now in that circumstance, that's, it's understandable because cars are passing by and everything. So it, it's not like you're in your closet or anything and you're able to shield out everything. But when I, you know, I've noticed lately as I've been spending time with the Lord, how distracted I get. You know, I have my phone will be there, you know, boom, you'll get a text or boom, you'll get a reminder or, or you'll get some kind of a sports update and all this kind of stuff. And I feel like what the Holy Spirit's been showing me is, is in the church and especially in our society in America, We've, there's been a culture developed where we're so, so overstimulated, and we become addicted to those stimulations. That is, you know, it's like you know, you're here, I'm sure some of you said this before, but before the cell phone, you think, "Man, what did we do before the cell phone?" Because it's like every time a text goes off or every time someone calls, see, we have instant access to each other now, which we didn't before. Before, if Lisa would call the church phone and couldn't get a hold of me, cause I'm downstairs, she'd just wait, she'd leave a message and wait till I called her back. Now she has instant, instant access. And, if, and there's an expectation that if I don't text her back, that I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> and, and it's to the point that we, we can't go without putting these down for a while. And then what happens is is when we're trying to spend time with the Lord, we bring this stuff. And I'm using this as an example. But the whole thing, whether it's the iPad or the cell phone or whatever, but our souls are so stirred up that we're, we're so distracted so easily. And the Lord was showing me that you need to deal with this PADD, this prayer attention deficit disorder. Because I believe that one thing he was showing me when I was sitting on the side of the road in that van, he gave me John chapter 15. That if I want to be fruitful, because not only does he want us to be fruitful, but he wants us to be more fruitful, or he wants us to bear much fruit and be more fruitful. He wants us three levels of fruitfulness. But he would show me that the only way that you and I are going to be fruitful in 2014 is if we abide in him. Apart from him, we can do nothing of any kingdom value. We can do nothing. And so he was encouraging me and showing me that because there's been times when I can spend hours in his presence and hours reading the word, just spending time with him and and for the most part avoid the distractions. Or when they would come, I was able to deflect them. But it's like now it's hard to deflect. I'm so, it's so distracting. It's like anything can distract. And he's saying, you need to deal with this so that you can spend time with me because he wants me to be more fruitful. You know, someone mentioned earlier, I think it was Candy, she talked about the miracles that we want to see in this place. You know, I appreciate Mahalette sharing, when you know, talking about her neighbor. Her neighbor was suffering heart pain, her heart chest pains, and they had to call an ambulance. She laid hands on her, and she was taken care of. She was healed. She had low oxygen levels. She prayed for her. Had to carry an oxygen tank around. She prayed for her. She was healed. Her oxygen levels were healed. That's what we are supposed to be doing as God's sons and daughters, ministering to people, taking the presence of God wherever we go to people in need and allowing them to have encounters with Jesus through us. Amen. But if I'm so distracted and discouraged and frustrated and all and wound up so tight and everything, how am I going to allow people to have to encounter God through me? It's not going to happen or it's going to be very much very much reduced. And so what I want to encourage you with, because I believe the next time we see each other as far, well, next time we have church on Sunday is, is in 2014. And as uh, Taylor was saying earlier, you know, this is the time of year we make all those new year's resolutions. I'm going to do this or lose this much weight or exercise and all that kind of thing. And that's, that's all fine and good. But I would encourage you at the top of that list to make spending time with him the number one thing evaluate where you are right now and say, okay, how am I doing right now? Can I do any better? Okay, yes, I need to do better. And just say, Lord, I receive the grace, your grace, to spend more time with you. Not so that you will love me more or not so that you'll see me as good as Joseph was talking about because it's not about earning anything, but it's about getting to know him more. It's about his presence, his influence, his character, him being in our lives in a greater way. Because I don't know about you, but I want to be able to go places with him, his presence around me, and affect people's lives. And not just be a good Christian. I want to be a dangerous Christian. The kind where the enemy sees us and they say, oh, no, not that headache again. need to be a headache for the kingdom of darkness. Amen? Would you stand with me? We're going to talk about this in more practical terms next week, but I just want to encourage you this week, right now, as you close your eyes with me. And I know this is very, very, very basic, but all through the Scriptures we see that how the apostles reminded us of the things that we needed to be reminded of. And this is something the Lord has been reminded me of, is the importance of spending time with him because he's so good and he wants us to know him and his goodness at a higher level. And so I just want to encourage you right now, as the Holy Spirit is just pouring out his grace in your heart, and you just begin to think, first commit yourself, Lord, I do commit to spending more time with you. And just begin as he gives you practical ideas. He's going to say, okay, here's what I'd like you to do. You know, whether you need to get up at a certain time or you need to carve out some time in your day and, and just like maybe during lunch at work and you just go somewhere or whatever the practical thing is. He's going to speak these practical ideas to you. And then you just embrace it. Yes, Lord, thank you for giving me grace to do that. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously. And so, Father, we thank you for your grace that will enable us to spend time with you, that will enable us and show us how to put, it, to put aside the distractions. Thank you for practical ideas. And thank you for giving, the, giving us the ability to turn certain things off when they need to be shut off. Lord, I thank you for your blessing on this church, this family. I thank you for your goodness that we've all got to experience in 2013. We look forward to your goodness in a greater measure in 2014. We look forward to the testimonies of healings of our brothers and sisters. And we look forward to more people being in this body so that their lives can be changed, so that they can go. And see other people's lives changed. And I thank you, Father, that we are going to be a powerful force. We're going to be an awesome, make an awesome impact on this community. For the kingdom of heaven. And it all begins with us just spending time with you. Thank you for that. Thank you for your goodness. We love you and we praise you and we honor you, Jesus. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Well, God bless you. You have a wonderful week. And hopefully we'll see you back here Tuesday evening at 10 o'clock. You guys be blessed.